Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I have a special treat for you guys today. This is an audio recording of my free class, How to Stop Yelling at the People You Love. It's for free. I offer it for free on my website, fearlessfostering.com, but I wanted to share it with everyone today because I think if you're like most of the foster mamas that I talk to, and if you're like me, you can relate to being so overwhelmed by life that you let your kind of stress and anxiety bubble up into anger, which bubbles up and spills over onto the people that we love. So this is an audio of the class. If you want the full class with the slides and everything, you can visit fearlessfostering.com and check it out for free. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy this class today and let me know if you have any questions. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm so excited to share this free class with you today, how to stop yelling at the people you love. So we are going to dive in. I am going to share my screen with you and we are going to get started. All right. As I said, my name is Kathleen Burst, LCSW. I'm a therapist in private practice, and I'll give you some more information on me in just a few minutes. But I want to encourage you to be present just for this class. I, I know it's tempting because we have screens going and we've got kids and we've got a bunch of stuff going on, but try to keep your phone out of reach unless you're watching this on your phone. Maybe close out of other browsers and programs and just grab a journal or notebook and maybe your favorite beverage and get cozy and get ready to learn. You are in the right place if you have a massive amount of guilt around how you let your anxiety affect those closest to you. You're also in the right place if you're worried about ruining your kids or just maybe making life difficult for them because you blow up at them when you're feeling anxious or stressed. Maybe you grew up in a home where people didn't deal with their emotions in a healthy way and you know it's impacted you in adulthood. You're also in the right place for that. And maybe you just want to learn ways to stay cool, calm, and collected despite the craziness of life. We're going to do that too. So like I said, my name is Kathleen Burst. I'm a psychotherapist in private practice, and I specialize with women and adolescents. I also blog at fearlessfostering.com. I'm the host of the Fearless Fostering podcast, and I'm a foster and adoptive and bio mama to four kids and a wife to an awesome husband. And my work has been featured in places like The Every Mom, Real Simple Magazine, The Real Mom Podcast with Jamie Finn of Foster the Family, Love What Matters, and I am a certified anxiety treatment professional, which means I specialize with anxiety. It's my jam. And I also have a online course called Fearless. My life seven years ago, just as a starting point, had me feeling stressed, overwhelmed, and burnout. I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old little boy, and I felt like my hands were totally full. I was also working. I was also volunteering. I was also trying to have a social life, and I just felt not great. I felt like I was burning out, honestly, and I felt guilty because I snapped at my husband and my kids way too much. I remember going to bed feeling like I was failing at being a mom and wondering if I was ruining my kids with all of my shortcomings and 
definitely my short temper. I remember sitting in a session with a client where she was kind of telling me she was feeling the same exact way. And I heard myself giving her the exact right advice. And it dawned on me that I wasn't taking that advice myself. So I knew the things to do, but I just wasn't making it a point to do them. So I decided then and there to start actually applying the techniques that I know are evidence-based best practices that I use with my own clients in my own life. And I also started to research some new ways to communicate with my husband and kids. And that is actually the story of how my first ever blog, Self-Care Bestie, got started. I really just wanted to be writing about mental health and wellness and self-care for women, but I also was writing it because I needed to hear it too. And now, like I said, I'm continuing to blog and podcast today on fearlessfostering.com. Now, as I began to take care of me and manage my own worries and stress, I noticed a big change and thankfully so did my family. Things just got a lot better because I wasn't running on empty all the time. And I was using techniques that actually worked to help me feel better and show up as a better wife and mom. And truthfully, it's a good thing I started applying those skills when I did, because little did we know at the time, but only a few years later, we would be adding to our family through the roller coaster that is foster care. So yeah, this is the day we got our son who was six months old at the time, uh, December 4th, 2018. And that is when our great love story and crazy story started. And our foster care journey has included every emotion imaginable, but especially anxiety, right? Like our whole family felt everything. And my whole family is so thankful that I knew how to handle what I was feeling so that it didn't overflow onto them so that I could still stay present and enjoy daily joys with everyone in my family. And thankfully for us, we got um, our sweet boy adopted in June of 2020, and we're very thankful for that. But As true foster care fashion happens, we did not know that um, just a few months prior to his adoption, um, our son's baby sister came into our care and just two days old, and we're still fostering her today with the hopes of adopting her too, but we don't know what's going to happen. So I just want to let you know that if I, as a foster mom and adoptive mom and just a human being, flawed human being, can learn these techniques to handle anxiety and stress, anybody can, anybody can learn to handle their difficult emotions. It's really a matter of just knowing what to do and then making a plan to do it. So I've actually been able to share these strategies, not only with my clients and my private practice and my fearless students, but also at talks and events for some of my favorite charitable organizations. This is me chatting at a young lives club and young lives is a non-denominational ministry um, to teen moms and their babies. And these young moms were able to learn some of these same exact strategies for how to parent and how to just take care of themselves so that they can show up better for the children. Now, applying a few basic anxiety and stress management techniques literally has changed my family for good. And for you, it might mean that you don't feel guilty anymore, that your anxiety causes you to lash out at your loved ones. Or, or it might mean that your worries are no longer a burden to your family and friends. This is something that I hear a lot. Or it's just that you're not letting stress and anxiety ruin your day anymore. There's so much goodness in in each day, but sometimes stress and anxiety can make us forget that. And it also can mean that you sleep peacefully at night, knowing that you can handle whatever comes your way. 
that is a huge thing. People who struggle with anxiety and stress often are losing sleep and that just gets us into a really bad cycle. So my goal actually isn't to teach you about anger management today. If you haven't already guessed, we're going to talk about the link between anger and anxiety. And the most common misconception about anger is that it's a standalone emotion. It's not. In fact, anger and anxiety are super linked. There's something called primary and secondary emotions. So that emotions are often categorized into these two groups. Primary emotions are those that we actually feel first, even if we aren't aware of it. Typically, a more vulnerable emotion like anxiety, sadness, hurt, or frustration are underneath the surface. The secondary emotions are what we tend to feel second, right? Shocking. We also feel them more strongly and they serve to cover up our more vulnerable primary emotions in a form of self-protection because it to most people feels better to feel angry than it does to feel anxious. Now, anger is just the tip of the iceberg. And I love this illustration. It's a secondary emotion, like we said. So you can see that what the world sees is anger or lashing out or frustration. But what's underneath the iceberg, what's inside is maybe you're feeling disappointed, annoyed, guilty, worried, envious, helpless, anxious, grumpy, depressed, grief. Any of these things can be lurking under the surface and can cause us to act out in anger. And uh, don't forget my very favorite hunger, because let's be very clear. Hanger is real. Don't get me started and just someone get me a Snickers. All right. We're going to investigate what is below the surface. So these are some common triggers that stem from anxiety, stress, and worry feeling irritated or annoyed. This is a huge one. If you're feeling this way all the time, it's likely that you've got some anxiety below the surface feeling out of control or that someone's trying to manipulate or control you. That is a very distressing emotion for people and feeling criticized or blamed and becoming defensive. If you notice yourself feeling these things or doing these things, it's very possible that you've got some undealt with anxiety. So these are just some images that I pulled off the internet, um, but they really do illustrate the point. Uh, The first one says, if another can easily anger you, it is because you are off balance with yourself. Oftentimes we think it's because the other person's doing something wrong and sometimes they are, but it's the reason why we get so angry is because there's something off within us. And this other one says, I hate that my anxiety often comes out as anger, frustration, or moodiness, and I take it out on people who don't deserve it. Typically, those are the people who are closest to us. So the reality is, is that anxiety causes anger or can cause anger in almost everyone. So please hear me. You're not alone, but there are some things that you can do about it. And that's what we're going to talk about. For starters, we need to explore how to manage underlying anxiety and stress so your anger doesn't get the best of you. Now, you could spend hours on Google trying to piece together the anxiety and stress management skills that will work best for you, but in my experience, that really causes more frustration and stress for my clients because they're just trying something, hoping that anything, something will work. They're just really kind of desperately trying one thing to the next, not knowing if it's the right thing to do. So the fact is, the strategies that actually work that are evidence-based best practices to overcome anxiety and stress are the same for everyone, regardless of what your triggers are. And here's the reason why. 
Anxiety does the same thing to each of our brains. So it activates the amygdala, which creates the fight, flight, or freeze response that causes so much of our discomfort. And once you learn the right interventions, the ones that therapists like me use with our clients, you will have exactly what you need to overcome your anxiety and stop lashing out at the people that you love. So I know when I say this, some people are like, okay, Kathleen, are you going to tell me that I need hours of therapy or medication to deal with this? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. But stay tuned throughout this class, and I will walk you through some of the tried and true exercises that I do with my clients to help them get a handle on their powerful emotions so that everyone can live in peace. Sounds good? You're also going to learn the exact things to say to get your point across so that you don't have to yell or freak out, and how to deal with yourself compassionately after your anger subsides. So are y'all ready for this? I feel like we need some jock jams. That's how excited I am. (laughs) Let's dive in. The first technique I want to teach you is called mind mapping. Mind mapping is a technique that therapists use with clients, but you can use it at home. You don't need a therapist for this, but we use it to encourage people to really dig deep into their subconscious mind to determine the root cause of their thoughts and behaviors. Mind mapping is really helpful for a variety of reasons, but I want to look at two ways that I think are the most effective way to use it for dealing with underlying stress and anxiety. The first one is that mind mapping really helps you identify the why behind what you are feeling. So here's what you do. You write your main thought or feeling in a center bubble on a piece of paper. So this person wrote anxiety or anxious, whatever you want to do. Now you draw lines coming off of the main bubble to add other thoughts, triggers, feelings, etc. And you can do this as many times as you want. So they're writing anxiety and then they have trauma, anxiety exercises, social anxiety. It's really very much like a stream of consciousness. So it's important that you don't censor yourself. Sometimes I will tell people set a timer for five minutes for this and don't stop writing until the timer goes off and you'll be surprised at what comes up for you. Now, the second way to use mind mapping is to identify your coping skills. So here's what you do. Step one is pretty much the same. You write what you're feeling or thinking in the middle of the page. So this person wrote feeling down, and then you just list every coping skill that comes to your mind and anything and everything you could think of that would be helpful in caring for yourself to deal with these strong emotions in a healthy way. So this person's writing stress cleaning, jam out and dance, listen to a good podcast, go create something. And you can see they even did cute little illustrations for some of them. You don't have to do that. You can. This is completely just for you. But it's just helpful to have a list like this on hand when you're having a bad day or you're having a lot of stress or anxiety. So why does mind mapping work? Well, here's why. It's like a mini therapy session with yourself in five minutes. It's so good. You get to tune into your inner wisdom and gut instinct and uncover why you're feeling stressed, anxious, or any other strong emotion. And you are the person that knows yourself best. So the problem is for for many people, we're not used to listening to ourselves and trusting our instincts. We oftentimes know the right thing to do, but we just don't do it. So often I will tell people, if they come to me with a problem, I'll say, what would you tell your best friend in this situation if they had the exact same problem? And they'll most times they will come up with the exact right thing that they need to do. 
They just need to apply it to themselves. So you really do know the best coping skills and advice that will help you. Sometimes it's easier to solve other people's problems and you can do that too. You can use the exercise. What would you do for your best friend? And remember that practice makes progress. So you're not going to get this perfectly right the first couple of times you do it, but it does, it does get better and easier over time. Now, the second technique that I want to share with you is creating positive moments. So what does that mean? Well, I probably don't have to tell you that when you feel stressed, overwhelmed, angry, or worried, it saps your energy. This is how people can kind of get close to burnout or feel, start feeling burnout because they're just overwhelmed emotionally. You can actually replenish some of that energy by adding things into each day that are just for you. When you feel better, you act better. And it really is that simple. So just add things into your day that will help you feel better. You can make a list of things that might help you or refer to your mind map of coping skills and just think of all the things that make you happy or help you feel calm, peaceful, joyful, excited, whatever it is that you want to feel, and then schedule a few of those things into each day. And I know when I say this, the first thing that people think is like, okay, whatever. Ain't nobody got time for that. And I just would say, I hear you. But these are actual truths. The fact is, is that we have a finite amount of time and energy each day, which means we are never going to be able to get to everything on the to-do list because it never ends, right? We know this. Every time we get something checked off, something else pops onto that list. So instead of saying that we don't have time for self-care or healthy coping, we need to remember that the things that replenish our energy are going to help us end up getting more done than we would have if we were running on empty. And so here's my hot take. If you're serious about creating change in your life, some things in your life are going to have to change. And I want to share with you some of my favorite ways to create positive moments. And I definitely want you to think of your own, but I'm going to get you started. My first one is get outside. Nature is so good for our mental health. And this is clinically proven. There's actually studies from all over the world that show nature and the outdoors are so good for our mental health. Also exercise, moving your body in any way that feels good to you. Endorphins really do make you happy. Elle Woods was not lying. So move your body in a, in a way that feels great to you. Dance it out. This is killing two birds with one stones, really, <laughs> to your favorite music. I have a joyful playlist on Spotify that I just put on when I'm cleaning or when I'm walking or just when I'm hanging out at home. And it always makes me just happier. Music is an amazingly powerful mood changer. And last but not least, Starbucks and Target. These are <laughs> very good coping skills. Um, yeah, definitely guaranteed to bring a smile to your face for sure. And for those of you who have a Starbucks in your target, I am jealous. Just let me put it out there. I, I want that. We have a pizza hut in our target. And I mean, I love pizza, but not when I'm shopping at target. <laughs> All right. Technique number three is cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. So let's talk about what is cognitive behavioral therapy. It is an evidence-based type of therapy that is most effective for and was specifically created for the treatment of anxiety. In fact, the American Psychiatric Association, the American Psychological Association, and the British National Health Service all recommend CBT as a first choice treatment for anxiety. That's even ahead of medication. 
So this is really what we're trying to do. CBT, the foundation of it says that our thoughts influence our feelings, which influence our behaviors, which then influence our thoughts. And it's kind of this triangular cycle. So CBT tries to change our thoughts so that we change how we feel so that we change our behaviors. And sometimes we change our behaviors to change our thoughts, to change our feelings. And it all is very connected. So the bottom line of CBT is, as I said, when you change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. And it's the main type of treatment that I use with clients in my office. And I could easily do a whole class or many just focusing on CBT. But since we don't have time for that today, I just want you to know that it is the most effective evidence-based treatment for people who are anxious, stressed, and worried. And this is my favorite part of CBT. It's skills-based, which means Once you learn the skills, you're going to have everything you need to reduce your stress and anxieties for good. It's not, it's a matter of learning them, but it's just a matter of kind of reminding yourself of them and knowing that you have a go-to plan to deal with stress. So that's what we're going to do right now is just try this quick little exercise. Just take a moment to answer the following questions to yourself, or even write them down. If you did grab that journal right now, I am feeling and answer that. And right now I am thinking and really just get in touch with what those are. Feeling is a one word description of a mood and thinking is like a sentence, a thought or two that are coming into your head right now. And this is just the foundational basis of cognitive behavioral therapy is first being able to identify what it is you're feeling and what it is you're thinking. So just so you know, there's also other popular and effective treatments that can reduce anxiety, such as dialectical behavior therapy, seeking safety, mindfulness, which you probably have heard of, and solution-focused therapy. And I've used these for many years with my clients as well, but CBT is my favorite. So next up, let's get to exactly what to say to get your point across without yelling. I know that's what a lot of people are here for. So I want to give you a gentle reminder to start with, we cannot control other people. I wish that we could believe me. It would be so much easier, right? If everyone just did what we said, we would never have to yell, but we need to acknowledge this because it's the foundation of healthy and kind communication. So when you're communicating with someone and you want them to do something, try asking like this, would you be willing to, would you be willing to take out the dishes, take out the garbage, or would you be willing to do the dishes? This acknowledges their choice rather than saying, do the dishes, or why haven't you taken out the trash? Or can you please take out the trash? Even that doesn't sound as good as, would you be willing to take out the trash? Or would you be willing to do the dishes? You're acknowledging their choice. And oftentimes that's what it takes. If they just feel respected when you ask, they're going to be way more likely to comply. And this goes for everyone, your kids, your spouses, friends, anyone. And if they don't comply and that's their choice, right? Everyone has free will. You get to simply decide what you will do next. And so many times for this, a natural consequence or a boundary is best. So if you say, you know, would you be willing to take out the garbage and your child says no, and they don't do it, then you decide what you're going to do next, which maybe is okay. Then you're not having screens for the rest of the day, or you're not having, or I'm not going to take you to baseball practice, whatever it is that you would do for them. Naturally, you might say, no, I'm not going to do that because it's not a, it's not a manipulation. It's not a, it's not 
anything other than a natural consequence. If someone, if you're going to ask nicely for something and they're not going to do it, then you say, okay, well then I don't really feel like I want to do something for you. And that's just natural. What if the other person is spewing their anger on me? Now I get this a lot. People ask me this question. What if I'm the person being yelled at? What do I do? So I would say, try this, say like, you seem upset. Is there anything I can do to help you? And this is effective for a few reasons, even though it sounds kind of cheesy at first, it really does work because it tends to catch people off guard. We're so used to matching the emotions of the person who's angry with us. And that gives you both a little more time to process what's going on because it really does like kind of halt the conversation for a second. And what you're doing is you're acknowledging that underneath their anger, there is an unmet need. So remember, it's just like the iceberg we talked about. And it shows that you care about them and you care about the relationship. It shows them that you're not just trying to get what you want or manipulate or control them. Because like we said, those are oftentimes feelings lurking underneath the iceberg. It shows that you care about them. And so the goal is not to demand from others and not to allow others to be demanding of you in a way that violates your boundaries. And much of this is taken from the work of Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, who talked all about nonviolent communication. Now, there are some other helpful techniques that you can use, and I will go through a few examples. One is give a choice. So this is particularly helpful with children, but it also works with spouses and other family members and even friends. Um, Just saying, wow, okay, I understand there's going to potentially be a power struggle here. So would you rather do this or do this? Um, Would you rather read a story before bedtime or sing some songs or five more minutes of this show, whatever it is, but give a choice. And then typically people are perfectly willing to comply once they have felt like they have power and that you're respecting them. The next thing is when then statements. These are really good for when you want someone to do something, especially a child, when you want a child to do something that they're not currently doing. So again, let's go back to doing the dishes. When you do the dishes, then I will take you to baseball practice. And again, this is kind of just like very simple, kind of keep it to that. You don't need to have a whole argument around it or a whole conversation. When you do this, then this thing that you want will happen. And then either or statements are really good for helping people stop doing something that you or yeah, that you want them to stop doing. So either you stop hitting your brother or you're going to have to go into your room and play by yourself. And again, this is very logical, logic based. We're not doing anything crazy here. We're not being extreme. We're not yelling. We're just saying using the same language over and over again, they'll start to understand that you mean business when you say when, then, or either, or, and these things for sure take practice to become a regular part of your vocabulary, your toolbox. But once they do, you definitely will see a huge reduction in feeling like you need to yell to get your point across. And the key is definitely consistency. So people often ask me this too. What happens if I lose my temper again? Because like I said, the goal is progress, not perfection. So you probably will lose your temper again. And I have lost my temper many times since learning and applying these skills. So we want to give ourselves the gift of self-compassion. The vicious cycle of stress and anger and guilt is not fun. It is not fun. We feel negative emotions inside of us that we're not dealing with. Then they come out as anger. And then we freak out at people in our anger. And then we feel so bad afterwards. 
So the first step is to recognize that you're experiencing difficult feelings. You got to recognize what's underneath the iceberg for you at any given time. Is it anger? Is it anxiety, guilt, shame, something else? Just become aware of what's there. Take some time. Step two is to notice what's happening in your body when you feel these emotions. Is there tightness in your chest? Is your jaw clenched? Does your neck or back ache? So many times we forget just how connected the mind and body are and remembering and noticing it really does help us heal. So if you have a backache and you don't remember doing anything that would cause that really think about it. Are you feeling stressed? Are you holding that tension in your back? Are you holding it in tightness in your chest? Step three is to take several deep breaths and ask yourself, what is the next right thing? And I, yeah, know that's a frozen two reference. I know, but it also is the right thing to do. So move back towards acting skillfully sooner than later. Resist the urge to numb out your feelings with food or drink or any other unhealthy coping skill. You really want to get back to that skillful action so that you'll start to actually feel better sooner. And step four, I would say spend some time in prayer or meditation. If you're a person of faith or not, even just a few minutes of this can help. So breathe deeply and even place a hand on your heart and just acknowledge that you're human and the struggle is not unique to you. There's a part of being a human that means we're imperfect and we're in relationship with other imperfect humans. So that means we're going to mess up sometimes and we need to give ourselves compassion and grace for that. Okay. So here's why you showed up today. You're tired of feeling guilty for the ways your anxiety causes you to lash out at your loved ones. You're worried your anxiety and outbursts are becoming too much for your family or the people closest to you. And maybe you're tired of letting stress and anxiety ruin your day after day after day. So you might also be asking yourself, well, what other strategies do I need to know to get out of this cycle of anxiety, anger, and guilt? Or how do I learn these strategies without spending tons of time and money in a therapist's office or trying my luck on Google? Or where do I find a supportive community to encourage me on this journey? So remember, as I said, you don't have to stay in the cycle of anxiety, anger, and guilt. Just in a few weeks to a couple of months, you actually can learn to manage your stress just like my clients and I do and improve your relationships with the people that you love the most. During my first few years as a mom, I was essentially living in that cycle all the dang time. I mean it. But now, like I said, thanks to applying what I know are the best practices for stress management and anxiety relief, my family is so much healthier and happier. Not perfect, not at all, but a lot healthier and happier, even during the super stressful journey of foster care and adoption. So by teaching specific evidence-based interventions, I have helped countless women overcome their anxiety. And these are things, like I said, that anyone can do. All you need is a simple plan and a supportive guidance while you implement it. There's still so much more to teach you if you want to see big time changes in the shortest amount of time possible. So I want to introduce you to my online course and community fear less. It is the best way to learn the skills that you need to kick your anxiety to the curb. For those of you who haven't known me very long, I just want to let you know a few of my clients and students have taken this course and here's what they have to say. This is Ashley. She's also a foster mama. She said, Kathleen has helped me through situations, many situations with encouragement, reflection, and good questions. 
So here's what to do. If this is interesting to you, or if you feel like you want to learn more, go to fearlesscourse.com. Definitely check it out. You have nothing to lose. And I also want to let you know, talking about nothing to lose, you have a 14 day money back guarantee that I offer because I seriously believe in this program so much that I'm just going to give you two full weeks to go through the course and all the bonuses risk-free. And if you don't love the program, you're going to get a full refund. And I don't hassle people about this. So here's what you're going to get inside of the fearless course, five step-by-step course modules to walk you through these skills that I've been telling you about. Specifically, you're going to learn the effective coping skills to manage your anxiety and other difficult emotions, how to stop intrusive thoughts from stealing your peace, how to cultivate patience to deal with your stressors, how to establish a regular self-care practice, even if you think you don't have time. And there's also group coaching and live classes inside the private Facebook community. I go live on a zoom call once a month with whoever can get there. And we talk about how you're doing in the moment, what you might need some guidance around. And the private Facebook community is where we connect throughout the week all the time. Um, And I also go live there teaching a class on a specific topic once a month. You're also going to get worksheets and printables to supplement your online content. And you're going to have immediate and lifetime access to all of these materials. And by the end of your less, you will learn the same skills that I teach my private pay clients, but you're going to be learning them from the comfort of home, which right. Who doesn't love learning their pajamas? You're going to save a ton of time and money by learning the skills at home instead of a therapist's office. You're going to have ongoing access to a supportive and encouraging therapist. That's me. And you're going to feel relieved to know that you finally have a plan that works to handle your anxiety and other difficult emotions. And truthfully, you're going to show up as the best version of you for your family, friends, and loved ones. So another student of mine, Jen, she says, you need the fearless course to add to your life toolbox, period. Danielle says, within the first two minutes of talking to Kathleen, I realized I had nothing to be nervous about. Kathleen was so warm and welcoming. Even within the first few minutes of the call, I knew it was a good match. I can say for sure I felt a sense of relief after talking to her, even just after one session. She was certainly a breath of fresh air and provided a lot of positive guidance. She provided such a safe place for me to open up and I will be forever grateful. And Christine, another fearless student says, as I work through the fearless course, I find I'm so much better able to decide what I need to move through anxious times. Oh, I love hearing that. So remember, there's some bonuses that I'm going to give you as well. The bonus class with my friend, Rebecca Federowitz, who is a holistic nutritionist eating well to reduce anxiety. She's going to tell you all you need to know about that mind body connection that we talked about earlier. You're also going to get, like I said, the private student Facebook community, which is a $297 value. You're also going to get a bonus video class taught by me, how to tame your guilt and shame, which is $197 value. And like I said, you're going to get a 30 minute private coaching call with me. You can use that whenever you want. You can save it for a rainy day, or you can use it right away. And that's a $250 value. So the total value of the fearless course and bonuses are $1,338, but you can get it all for $497 or six payments of $97. Cause I know that's an investment, but I do know these are the skills that you need to overcome your stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And it's so worth it. So here's what to do. Like I said, go to fearlesscourse.com. You will get 
14 days to test drive this course. If you do not love it, you're going to get a full refund. And like I said, reach out within 14 days to let me know if you're not seeing any improvement, I'm going to give you a refund. I don't care. I want you to try this out. I'm offering it because I believe so strongly that this is going to be the exact game changer that you're looking for when it comes to your anxiety and stress. And literally that's why I just want you to be able to try it out risk-free. So if you want to cope with anxiety and learn to live in peace without spending a fortune on therapy or relying on medication, then I will see you inside fear less. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for joining me. Like I said, for more information, visit fearlesscourse.com or email me Kathleen at fearlessfostering.com. Have a great day. Thank you so much for being here. 